Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Uh, we're going to get right to it. We are addressing, you know, just some easy, trivial theological questions on the program. Um, so here is the question for today. How is limited atonement true when Scripture teaches that Christ died for the whole world. So maybe to give our listeners a little bit of background, um, historically there is um, controversy between what's called Calvinism and what's called Arminianism. Calvinism holds this view called limited atonement or particular atonement, which is the view that all whom the Father elected, Christ died for. Um, So he actually effectively died for their sins and it's that dying of their sins that brings him to him him them to himself on the other side there's a view called um, unlimited atonement uh, which is the, the kind of classical Arminian view that that Jesus died for every man um, without exception so every man's sins are paid for um, and what's needed is we just accept that payment so maybe you guys would say, I totally butchered that. So you, I guess you could start there. But how is limited atonement true when Scripture teaches that Christ died for the whole world? I was just going to read a couple of verses that I think probably they're referring to when they say that the Scriptures teach that Christ died for the whole world. So here's just a, a list of, I'm assuming, are the verses that are being referred to. So 1 John 2.2, 2, he is the propitiation referring to Jesus Christ for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Titus 2.11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Sometimes people will quote John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Second um, Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Um, I think those are probably the key ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have to figure out, well, how do we answer what? Because Josh has taken a position that is opposite of what these verses seem to suggest. So can we just, how do we reconcile? And can we just say from the beginning that there is no such thing as Calvinistic or Arminian verses in the Bible. They're all God's verses. Absolutely. Right? So there's no verses that are going to contradict each other. Yeah, and I, and I also want to say, and this is the, what I always say every time the subject of, of so-called limited atonement comes up, that I don't like the phrase limited atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it That was... That was the reason that the word limited is used is because it fits the acronym TULIP, mm-hmm. which is a help, which can be helpful, um, but a, a better description of the doctrine of, of atonement is, is definite atonement or particular yeah. atonement. Mm-hmm. The, the Christ, Christ did not die on the cross 
for whom it may concern. Mm-hmm. It was not a generic death. It was not. It didn't set up a bank that it, where anybody can go and make a withdrawal. Um, but Jesus died for the sins of his people, for, for you, believer, with your name in his heart. Uh, and we could go into all the. We could take time in this show to go into all the all of the scriptures that that indicate that 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 Christ's mission in in the world is, is definite. Your your name, believer, was was on his heart and and you were known known by God from all eternity. Uh, it's not just a for whom it may concern. And I think I think the you know the matter of the whole world we use the that word world in in different ways. And I think that it doesn't mean universal everyone. What it does mean is um, you know, every every culture, every tribe, men and women, boys and girls, you know, it from from every segment of society is represented in the salvation of of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this is this is how Scripture will use world at different times, and I think it is true that um, you know we need to think in terms of uh, of a particular redemption. Uh, when when Christ died on the cross, he said it was finished. He had actually paid for the penalty of his people's sin. In fact, you know even in the birth narrative of of um, you know Christ coming into the world, Mary was told that his name will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a there was a possessive there. All Jesus will say in John 17, all that the Father gives him are his, and all, and all his are the Father's. He's talking about particular people. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ's death on the cross doesn't make men necessarily save a bull, it actually um, affects the salvation of those for whom he died. And, and this is an important point for us, you know, because we will be reminded that we are at the same time uh, sinners and saved, and, you know, we're, we're still sinful, but Christ paid for all those sins that I've committed, mm-hmm. uh, that I'll commit in the future. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so those things which have been penalized in Jesus will not be punished twice. Mm-hmm. And that's the comforting thing. Yeah. He's paid for all of my sins yeah. on his, with his precious blood. Yeah. And so if you begin to work that logic and say, if Jesus Christ came and paid for the sins of all people on the cross. What does the Lord punish? What does God punish? Why, why can God ever send anybody to hell? Mm-hmm. Their sins have been paid for with the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His blood was shed. If you follow the logic of this idea that Jesus' atonement, he died for the whole world, then he paid for the sins of the whole world, and if the sins have been paid for, they cannot be held accountable for them. And so it doesn't matter. I mean, think of it in human terms. If I owe $10,000 to somebody, and somebody comes along and pays that $10,000, and I say, oh, but I don't want that. They're not going to still come and try to collect a debt from me. Right. I don't owe it anymore. In their mind, it's been paid. Yeah. I don't owe $10,000 anymore because, because somebody covered it. Yeah. If Jesus covered for the debts of all people, whether somebody quote-unquote has faith or not is immaterial. Mm-hmm. The debt has been paid. Right. Yeah. Now, 
what the scripture does teach is those for whom Christ died will have faith. Why? Because the spirit of Christ works in their heart and brings them to salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that Christ died for will come to him. The late, the late G.I. Packer in his introduction to John Owen's The Death of Death and Death of Christ, using that same reasoning, Pastor Russ, uh, he, he said, well, maybe you will say to me, well, the reason why not all people are saved is because uh, they don't all believe. So then G.I. Packer puts it right back in their court and says, okay, that unbelief, is that a sin or not a sin? If it's a sin, then Jesus paid for it already. And why should that sin stop them from going to heaven? If it's not a sin, then why would that sin condemn them to hell? Um, and so, you know, here, here's the thing. There's lots of, you, you brought up all these scriptures that, that seem to teach the other side, but there's actually a lot of scriptures that, that teach definite atonement. You name one of them, Jonathan, that his name shall be Jesus, for he shall um, die, he shall uh, save his people from their save sins. Save his people from their sins. And then there's John 10, I lay down my life for my sheep. And it says it like in three places in John 10. Isaiah so, 53. It's not just an, uh, it's just not a New Testament thing. It's an Old Testament thing. And we, you know, in Daniel, we read about the, 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 the resurrection of, of both the just and the unjust. You know, yeah. there was a, there's a, a reminder that some will go into eternal damnation and some will go into the eternal bliss of heaven and yeah. be with God forever. You know, when, when I first well, became a Calvinist, um, this was the hardest point for me because I felt like it, constricted God's heart. Like, the Arminians have us one up on this one, because mm-hmm. the, their, their gospel seems more loving, more compassionate, more warm. How would you guys, how would you guys address that? Well, first of all, I would want to say that, that Calvinists absolutely do believe in free will. And, and by the way, I don't, I don't want to be a, a Calvin, John Calvin himself would have scolded us for calling anybody a Calvinist. He just wanted people to be Christians. Right. Uh, he, he, just, he just wanted to teach the Word of God and did. Um, but um, it's not that we don't believe in free will. I certainly do. But, but I also believe that the only reason I have free will is because God, by His Holy Spirit, worked in my heart to, yeah. to raise my dead soul... <laughs> To raise my dead self from from death to life, uh, I was dead in my tre- trespasses yeah. and sins. Not sick. You, <laughs> not, not, you're, you're, not thinking of, you're thinking of um, Ephesians chapter two. You know, we were all by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. You know, this, this great love is particular. He, he made us alive with Christ. This is, yes. why, this is what we're talking about, what he's done. He's changed yes. my thinking. He's regenerated me. He's the one, you know, I can't make myself be born again. This is the, the question that Nick at night had in, in John 3. You know, he's, you know um, we can't do that ourselves, but the Holy Spirit does that. He regenerates us. He makes us new. He makes us born again. We begin to think God's thoughts after him. And in that way, we uh, recognize our sin for what it is, and we realize that we need a Savior that, you know, outside of ourselves. 
if you just break it down with the big picture, really what you you have is if you just use labels, the Arminian view of limit or unlimited atonement really could end up with a heaven with no people in it. Mm-hmm. That no salvation is secure. That it's all dependent upon man. Um, that Christ's sacrifice really is kind of nice, but in some ways it's secondary because that doesn't secure any salvation. It just makes it a possibility for lots of people, but not guaranteed for anyone. Mm-hmm. Right, and you can lose it. And, and you can lose it because if it depends on you, it always depends on you. Well, the other flip side of that is that we believe that the scriptures are teaching very clearly that Jesus died particularly for his people. So if you think about the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, did that sacrifices that they used in the temple, did they apply to everybody around the whole world? The Philistines, the Moabites, no, the Edomites, No, it was the for a particular people. It was mm-hmm. for God's people that he was in covenant with. Mm-hmm. So we don't go into the Old Testament and say, well, when the high priest went into sacrifice, all the Philistines got the benefit. Right. Well, no, only the people that were in Israel did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole it's it's imagery, it's a picture. And only true Israel. <laughs> and only true Israel. The picture is that only those that are in Christ get the benefit of the sacrifice in Christ. Well, how do they it's because yeah. Jesus specifically died for his people. And, and, and that's why we say salvation. only true Israel. You know, not all Israel was Israel, no. and you know, not all the people that show up inside of a church are Christians. Christ died for those whom are His. Yeah, and I think that's why this view is actually a, a more mercy, more compassion, more love, because Christ actually guarantees. Yeah, Amen. And out of His great love, He loved us. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We're so thankful that you could listen to our program today. If you want to subscribe to any of our past episodes, just subscribe at The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 